Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. This episode will be on Bullet Train with special guests, the Popcorn Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. We're very happy and excited to be talking about Brad Pitt's brand new epic film, Bullet Train. Yeah, we love this movie. It was so much fun, and we can't wait to talk about it with our special guest, the Popcorn Podcast. We're doing a big crossover event today. We're on their show, over on their channel, and they're on our show today for Bullet Train. Welcome to the show, Tommy and Ryan. How are you? What's up, guys? We're very excited to be Oh, (laughs) Well, we're very excited to be here. And uh, we've been fans of yours for a long time, and we're just really excited to this episode with you guys and we had a blast doing the other episode on our channel yeah so we did we did top 10 tv shows of all time on their show so check them out for sure the popcorn podcast now bullet train was directed by david leach it's a screenplay by zach olkovich and based on the 2010 japanese novel maria beetle published in english as bullet train by kotaro Isaka and personally I had a lot of fun watching this movie of course we saw it in IMAX IMAX which was a great experience because it's a very controlled movie in a tight compact space but seeing it on a big screen made you feel like you were there in the show in the movie itself it's a lot of fun super funny a lot of hilarious moments great characters great actors and actresses in this film excellent action david leach is brad pitt's former stunt double and director he did deadpool 2 which is probably the most popular film so far but he brought the action sequences that he knows so well from so much experience to this film so well i had just a really great time watching it leach also he co-directed john wick one with chad stahelski but unfortunately the dga didn't allow them to both be credited so leach didn't get the credit as the director that's why in that film the first producer listed is David Leach, but he did co-direct John Wick, so uh, he is an excellent action director. Him and Stahelski being stuntmen and putting their knowledge into filmmaking, I think has been an awesome thing to see recently. There are a few other stunt uh, stunt people who are beginning to make films. Uh, Zoe Bell is making her first feature film as the director, and she's also been in a bunch of great films as a, as an actress and writer. So I think the stunt work really shows. Uh, from people who know about it, people who have lived in that world for a very long time, it really makes a difference with the action to actually see it in camera. You can see the care and dedication put into the choreography. But this film was just flat out a lot of fun. I was cracking up the whole time, uh, entertained. It was visually very stimulating, uh, a mashup of genres. I love the music as well. And the eclectic cast is so talented. Everyone was like really perfect in their roles. I just had a terrific time watching this film. What about you guys? I mean, do you want to go first? Or yeah, no, I, I'll go first. It was it was a ton of fun. I mean, it was exactly what you expect. It's just nonstop fun, nonstop action. It's everybody did a great job, especially Brad Pitt. Yeah. So I saw it twice. I saw it once with Ryan. And of course, from you guys loving IMAX, I had to check it out on IMAX first. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And Hashtag I IMAX. Dad, and my dad's never been to an IMAX theater, so it was a pretty cool experience for him. But I absolutely love this film. I thought Brad Pitt was great. Aaron Taylor Johnson by far was my favorite character. Yeah. I thought he did a terrific job. And then I loved how you guys said the mix of genres. It felt like kind of a guy, Richie and Tarantino kind of blended it into this great comedic fun action movie in this very small scale area. One of my favorite aspects of the film is Brad Pitt. He's obviously the biggest, one of the biggest stars alive, but he took this lead role. And I think it's different from the original conception with the, with the novel, but he basically took like this, this supposed to be like action hero leading man and he turned him into just like kind of like a goofball kind of just a guy who's just like not your typical action hero and i like how at the end he's not saving the day he's just like half the time doesn't even want to be there and he played it for laughs really well it was a good spin on i mean so many action movies the same kind of archetypic lead lead character especially when it's a male actor so to see Brad really turn the expectations on its head and have a lot of fun with it, I thought I, I thought it was endlessly charming, and I really enjoyed seeing him just basically having a ball while making this and not taking it too seriously. It looked like he just really enjoyed making the picture. Yeah, he plays Ladybug, a former assassin who's recently attended therapy. Brad Pitt still has it. The guy is still iconic, still got the face and everything. He's effortlessly cool. He reminded me so much of his character Chad in Burn After Reading. I don't know if you guys yes, have ever yeah. seen that. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that the whole Chad time. Chad vibes. And it's like this new style of 
an action leading man who's also very empathetic and not every movie pulls it off really well but i think brad pulled it off with this movie just a new kind of protagonist he's kind of not even the protagonist because there's four or five different stories all combined together and the, the plot is basically there's a briefcase on this train where ladybug has to retrieve it but there's other f- parties involved on this train they're, they have different plots as well, but some of them are connected in different ways, and they all just converge on each other. And I, I love the storytelling aspect where we go, we have a lot of flashbacks going to the story of the characters and their backstory and exposition. And originally, this whole movie was going to be chapter based on the characters one at a time. But when they were in the editing room, they realized that it would be better if we combine them and mix them together a lot earlier on, make it more cohesive, and get Ladybug involved quicker. And that's actually an editing thing that we learned from the director himself. They did a Q&A with his, with his producing partner, and they revealed how they changed the film in the editing process. I mean, you guys, of course, are doing a great job and pretty much saying we're, we're everyone's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the one issue I had, and it wasn't even with the movie, it was how people are receiving the movie. Like, It's rotten. Yeah, it's yeah. rotten. I, I, I walked out of it. And I was like, this movie is not a 54. Yeah. Like, I get it. It's like more... It's not like hardcore, as you say, cinema, but it still is a blast. And I had so much fun watching it. It had some great performances in it. I think my only problem was, was a couple of Joey King's lines. But all in all, I thought this movie was a real blast. And I thought David Leach did a great job with the direction of it yeah. and the way that they decided to shoot the action sequences. And just having the fights, very minimal gunfighting, I thought was the best part about it. I love any action film where they use the objects around them instead of just guns and knives and everything like that yeah yeah i really yeah sorry keep going keep going (laughs) (laughs) yeah this film was just a lot of fun and i think like tommy was saying they can't use guns a lot because they're on this train and they don't want people to know that they're shooting at each other yet so a lot of the action comes from just creativity and like using the briefcase to block knives or deflect them and um yeah it's just it's it was very creative how they did everything all the action all the even just the dialogue was very, very smart, very funny. And they did a great job of constantly surprising us because things people died you weren't expecting. Like, I wasn't expecting Logan Lerman's character to die so quickly. And it took me to, a minute to realize it was Logan Lerman in the beard and long hair. I was like, I was watching it. I was like, is, who is that? And then I was like, five minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, is that Logan Lerman? I was like, oh, he's doing, he's doing a great job with the French accent. I like it. Spoiler uh, warning. Yeah, spoiler, French, yeah, Russian accent. Russian accent. It's Russian. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I like yeah, how get me was, off of these plane. Off of these plane. <laughs> it was terrific and unpredictable. Uh, like, and also like they set up things that you would thought would happen. Like when Lemon puts the Thomas the Train Diesel sticker on Joey King's character, you think, oh, she's definitely gonna get killed by 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 Lemon. He's gonna take her out, and then you're expecting that to happen. But then she takes, she incapacitates him by tricking him with Brett with a uh, ladybug taking him out. So I like how Leech and the filmmakers and writers were kind of setting things up to see to meet expectations and then kind of surprising us with the outcomes of these small setups and that's because it's a train movie i love train movies there's a a, really only a couple handfuls of ones that are great you know it's not easy to do make an entire film on a tight confined location with few characters some really recent great ones train to busan is one of the most underrated zombie movies i've ever seen excellent train film we also piercer snow piercer from Bong Joon-ho, Murder on the Orient Express, the original and the remake as well. Source Code's a great train movie. Mm. The Taking of Pelham 123, the original and the remake are both excellent. And so this one's kind of like... And Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Tony Scott's too. other train movie. Chris, Chris Pine and Denzel. Denzel. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And so train movies are awesome. And this is kind of like Snowpiercer and Train to Busan, except with assassins and a much more fun aesthetic and comedic vibe. And this wasn't supposed to be a big comedic interpretation of a movie compared to the book. The book's actually really dark, and the original screenplay took that dark, hard R rating. But Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays, I think, everyone's favorite character in this movie, Tangerine. He's great. So great. He revealed the tone of the film changed mid-production. He said, originally this thing was quite a dark, R-rated, vicious action piece, but we handed up and made it fun. A lot of improvising on the set, but particularly between Tangerine and Lemon, made it a very comedic film, plus Brad Pitt's comedy as well. So it went from in the editing room in production from be- supposed to be a dark R action-heavy movie to being kind of like a Deadpool rated R comedy. Yeah, no, yeah. I felt like David Tyree Henry, just as much as Aaron Taylor Johnson, their chemistry works so well, and it was so believable 
that they are brothers, maybe not the way the conventional way that everyone's thinking it was, like how they're calling themselves twins. Twins. But yeah. they work so well together. And when he tells me, he's like, if you bring up Thomas the Train one more time, I'm going to effing shoot you in the face. <laughs> Every time I laughed, I thought it was so funny using Thomas the Tank Engine, a show that I would have never thought to be brought up in an R-rated action yeah. film. And I felt like every scene that they had together was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And like even the other people who weren't in it as much, like Bad Bunny as the wolf came in. He's his backstory was awesome. Just the flashback there, and they all find a way to kind of connect to each other, which is interesting. You have and the, Zazie yeah. Beats as the Hornet comes in, and they all like as the movie unfolds, you realize why people are there, what they're doing, and how they all connect to one another, which is very interesting. And the deaths are great. The deaths are very brutal, especially with the venom, that poison that makes people bleed bleed and vomit blood, uh, bleed from their eyes. Like when it, when it happened to Zazie, I was like, oh, my God, it's crazy. <laughs> and the wedding, the wedding sequence was brutal. insane. That was disturbing. So a lot of the kills were really terrific, uh, exciting action. And I love samurais. I love samurai movies. And having Hiro, a legendary Japanese actor in this film, he is like the modern day, like quintessential person you think of when you think of a samurai. Having Hiroyuki him, Sir, uh, Sonata. Yeah, he's he's just so great. Uh, I actually just watched Last Samurai last night, and he's awesome in that. Uh, but I think I love samurais. I love swords. Michael Shannon did a terrific job as a villain. I would have liked to see a little bit more of him, uh, but it, I thought it was a really cool backstory. I, I just love the the blending of so many kinds of films, so many kinds of genres, comedy, dr- action, samurai. Uh, it has this upbeat, positive attitude about it. And the camaraderie between especially like uh, Henry and Johnson was terrific. Uh, and, and Henry's accent was unbelievable as uh, as Lemon. It, it's The accent was like, I thought he was British. I didn't realize he was American. Joey King, too. She Joey did a King did job. a great job, too, yeah. It's tough for American actors to translate to the British accent, whereas a lot of British actors have no really problems doing the American accent, it seems like. It's just an easier accent to, for audiences to accept. Now, there's a ton of characters in this film and a lot of different plots going on, so let me run through the plots and motivations of each group. So the, the main plot is five assassins are aboard a fast-moving bullet train, find out their missions have something in common. Ladybug's pretty much the lead. He's trying to retrieve this case and just get off the train whenever he can. Now, Ladybug, that's his his goal. Get the train from the bullet train that's going from Tokyo to Kyoto. Now, Tangerine and Lemon, they're working for the White Death, this crazy Russian uh, gangster who took over the Japanese crime family of of uh, that uh, the elder used to work for. And Tangerine and Lemon were hired for by the White Death. Their goal is to retrieve the ransom in the case and also retrieve his kidnapped son, Logan Lerman, and bring him back alive. Prince, played by Joey King, her goal is to use Kimura, the father of the son who's in the hospital, to kill the White Death using him as a pawn with the gun with the explosive device inside of it. Kimura, he's there to get Kimaru. I'm sorry, Kimaru is there to get um, vengeance for his son. Wolf, he's there to get vengeance for the death of his wife and family. He thinks it was Ladybug because Ladybug was a waiter there at the wedding doing his own operation, but little did he know that the Hornet was there as well. The Hornet, her objective is to kill the son and retrieve the case. The White Death. His objective is to retrieve both his ransom and his son. He's the one who hired Tangerine and Lemon. And the elder, his objective is to keep his grandson safe in the hospital as well as saving his son from the bullet train. Thanks for filling us in. Yeah, lots there's, of characters, lots of connecting motivations. There's a, there is a character who, when the movie was about halfway through, I thought she was going to have a huge role because it was actually played Karen Fukuhara from The Boys. She play, she plays Kamiko. She must have done this role before The Boys was really exploding because this film, I think it was made before COVID or during COVID. So I think that maybe only one season The Boys had come out. So I was expecting her to have a larger role and a more action-heavy role because she's such a talented stunt actress and a performer. Uh, so I was actually expecting her to – I thought she was going to be the Hornet while I was watching the film. Ultimately, it ended up being Zazie, who's an amazing actress, actress as well. So I was I – was, expecting Fukuhara to have a sizable role by the end of the film, but I think it was just they filmed it before The Boys was a big sensation around the world. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I that's probably what it really was. I, Me and my dad, especially when we walked out, I was like, it felt like David Leach maybe casted her and was like, hey, we can really throw everyone off. Yeah, Like what he was doing this whole film was about throwing everything you thought was going to happen for the most part ended up not happening and characters died who I didn't think would die. Mm-hmm. And the, I just felt like she was used so well because every time she showed up, I was like, oh, here it comes. She's just going to start killing. Never happened. Yeah. 
And I just felt like she had some really, she, she had one of my favorite scenes when she gives Brad Pitt the bubbly water. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was my thoughts on the whole, her cast thing. Yeah, I mean, it's I, weird. She doesn't really do much, but I mean, I, I think you're right. This was kind of before the boys really blew up. So I'm sure she's going to get more work soon. And um, yeah, I still think for what she was, she did have that, you said, hilarious scene where she gives Brad Pitt the bubbly water. But yeah. I'm looking at her role after leaving the theater, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, she's in this movie. She's going to have a great role. Maybe, obviously, the boys hadn't blown up for her yet in terms of big roles, but I'm kind of looking at it as a cameo because there are other great cameos in this movie, and obviously there have been spoilers. So we have we can say that uh, Karen's role is a cameo for sure. Kamiko from The Boys, Karen Fukuhara. We also have Carver, who is the assassin who called out sick, which is why Ladybug is there in the first place. And we find out that Carver's the one who killed the White Death's wife when in the White Death think it was Ladybug who's on the plane. He thinks Ladybug's Carver. And Carver was played by Ryan Reynolds and is described described multiple times as being a total dick. Great cameo. Channing Tatum, Channing Tayum. Channing Tayum has a great cameo in this movie. He's a passenger on the train who is is this thinks, a sex thing? He thinks there's a gay sex thing going on and, he's, and then he's like kind of really into tangerine he's like oh he's got a great, great walk great too. walk <laughs> and then sandra bullock you could say is a cameo where she's kind of like Absolutely, ladybug's yeah. ham- handler as maria beetle and, and that's the reason the reason why sandra bullock's in the film is because brad pitt had cameoed in her film with shane tatum the lost city he has i think 10 minutes of screen time and that is uh, or something where he just did it because they're friends and then they actually made these movies back to back and so when they went into production on bullet train Brad suggested, hey, how about you play this character for our film? So they kind of like traded off cameos. Exactly. A lot of fun. Sorry, were you going to say that? I was exactly going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's okay. It's fine. It's Sorry, fine. man. Either way. Either way. But but what, what's really great is that the movie actually does have, have a lot of depth to it. And I love when a movie, even when it's not taking itself seriously, it does have a, uh, a theme running throughout it. And the theme in this film is obviously fate. And luck, you know, luck is a version of fate and Ladybug obviously being a representation of bad luck. And then Joey King's character being a representation of good luck. Everything goes her way. Nothing goes his way. But ultimately, what's funny throughout the course of the film is that Ladybug, things do eventually go his way, especially in the third act when he's saved multiple times by occurrences, uh, multiple versions of good luck. And then by the end of the film... He has transformed from this guy who believes that everything goes bad for him. He has no luck at all to being someone who's embracing fate and is like, I, he, he, by the end of the film with Sandra Bullock, he's like looking forward to things happening as a, as a testament to fate. So I like the character transformation and also a terrific theme um, leveled throughout the entire story. It's terrific when that happens. I thought, like in my head, I was like, maybe this train is like his good luck charm because he keeps having these random occurrences that keep saving him. Like when Bad Bunny or the wolf throws that knife at him. Yeah. You stabbed me? You stabbed me? I will never stop hunting you. Why? (laughs) It was just, like there were scenes like where he's getting all of a sudden like good luck, but then he starts getting bit by a snake, gets poisoned. Yeah. Like he has, it's like throughout the movie, he has his moments of good luck. And then just terrible luck. But he but he got bit by the snake after he already had the antivenom, so he was lucky to have the antivenom. <laughs> I'm not. I know this is ter- this sounds very dark. When Zaza Beats character dies, I'm telling you that was the hardest I've laughed at a movie in. <laughs> oh, it was so funny! It was so funny. Yeah. Who you didn't bring a backup? <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I'm mansplaining. I'm mansplaining. <laughs> Do you want some water? <laughs> you want me to hold your hand? <laughs> it was great. They did a great job with that scene. I it was, was so laughing funny. out loud. I mean, the whole scene. It was just me, Ryan, and two other people in the whole theater, and they were wow. dead silent. Yeah. Really? And it was just me and Ryan just dying it was laughing. So funny. What did they expect watching this movie? I, I have no idea. I, Not no what, but we also got in trouble when we saw Joker. We laughed at the scene with the. Uh, the short guy when he's trying to reach the door me and Ryan were dying laughing and the old people that were sitting in front of us turned around and they looked at us like we were psychotic <laughs> these damn kids these days <laughs> but no this movie that the movie had such great kills very creative with the way they did everything yeah and it just fit the theme so well yeah especially love how everything comes back like there's not one thing that is just there to be there like the snake in the very very beginning comes so back funny. and that's the snake that the hornet's going after uh joey king planting all the bombs they all come back in pretty amazing ways carver. um yeah carver carver yeah carver at the very end played by ryan reynolds was a su- surprise but it was funny 
So I think that's one thing this movie did well is not leaving things out there. You know? Let's not forget about the Fiji water bottle. The Fiji which, water. So well, I love that sequence. So Ladybug he has this concoction that he uses on his jobs that puts people to sleep. He's like, I've got it. I've got it down. I got my formula down. He puts it inside this Fiji water bottle. And the whole movie, you're just waiting for who's going to drink this. And Lemon's carrying it around. And Lem we're watching Lemon drink it. And it. We find out that he's not actually, he hasn't been killed. He's just unconscious. And he's wearing the bulletproof vest that he told Tangerine he wasn't going to wear. He's like, I'm not wearing a vest. And then, um, so when he wakes up, we get a great sequence of the traveling of the Fiji water bottle from when it was stuck inside the vending machine to when Lemon was trying to get it out and he knocks it down with another drink and then it was just so fun to see the, the journey of the Fiji water bottle because they did such a great job with the non-linear storytelling which a lot of films do it poorly when they're doing constant flashbacks showing character exposition. I think they did a great job in this movie and it was just a lot of fun to see background on each character and makes me want to see like the Bolivia job from Tangerine and Lemon and we see the past of all these other characters and Joey King and all of them and so I think it was so much fun and the Fiji water bottle was, was just a great like way to come full circle with this concept. Yeah I loved, I loved that entire sequence. It was shot like David Finch esque how he likes to do some of those shots POV of an object uh, in Lord of War that great opening yeah. title sequence but also the Zodiac envelope sequence it reminded me of I, I thought it was a and especially to throw it in during the climax of the movie like this breath of fresh air to just laugh at something I thought it was just really brilliant Leech it was like the most creative thing he's done and again a a Deadpool thing that you have to have in a Deadpool movie now is the slow motion uh, flying through the air uh, during the train crash. <laughs> so funny. Once again, he manages to uh, crack us up and Brad Pitt's face, that entire sequence is terrific. Uh, I, I love that part of the film. And I think my, fav my favorite moment, the funniest part of the film, I think it might, might be when they tricked the uh, the gang members outside of the train at the at one of the stops by 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 like parroting the the Logan Lerman's dead body and waving it <laughs> waving it in the window with his hand just like waving around. It's so funny. And then when when uh, Tangerine <laughs> and Ladybug are like trying to make it a decoy, like he's yeah. Lemon and and, Tan and uh, D Ladybug messes it up in the yeah. briefcase. Opens he opens up. it up. Tangerine's like, "What are you doing, man? We had it." He's like, "I was trying to sell oh it. Didn't God. we sell it?" It was so funny. I died when that happened. It was, I was laughing out loud. It it was great. <laughs> My favorite part about the scene that you were just talking about, when they try and fake it themselves, Brad Pitt, Ladybug, and Lemon. Tangerine, yeah. I'm sorry. And they open it, and then they get back on the train, and Brad Pitt's just, like, facing away from them. And he turns around, and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry man. I was, I was selling them. I yeah. had them. <laughs> and they had a great fight. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brad Pitt had an epic fight. Mm -hmm. I love the fight just between Lemon and Ladybug, just yeah. sitting at the chair, and the lady keeps Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then when he tells her, he's like, just go eat a bag of dicks. And she's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, I'm working it out. <laughs> There's a lot of great fights. I mean, Ladybug versus Tangerine, that's a great fight sequence. Then when they're inside the compartments, but then they're outside of the train hanging out. And then Tangerine just out of sheer will jumping on the back of the train to get back in. Very Mission Impossible-esque. Punching yeah. the glass to yeah. break through is so cool. Tangerine was such a badass in this movie. And this movie is what caused Sony to realize like, oh, this guy is an action star. We, How would you like to be Craven the Vegan now? That'd be really fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah. Ladybug versus the Wolf is a great fight. Ladybug versus Hornet is a great fight with the anti-venom and venom that we were talking about earlier. I liked the Elder versus the White Death because I love samurai fights and the samurai swords. As soon as those katanas come out, I'm like, let's go. However, I wish there was a little more combat with the swords, which would have yeah, been a lot more it was fun. pretty. I thought it was going to be a lot more, but it was pretty minimal. But I do like how they showed the power of the swords. Like he's just cutting through the seats. and Because Michael Shannon, he's a tall guy. He's very big. And so him, he's an imposing figure. Having that mask was a great design. And he's just in front of Hero. He just like towered over him. He really seemed like an imposing villain. So I would have liked a little bit more of that. But they did have a lot of fun where the uh, his two of his bodyguards had to open the bomb from uh, from a distance. And he's like, what if what if it's a bomb? <laughs> <laughs> this stupid mask is gonna save me. <laughs> no, I. And it's cool to see Aaron Taylor Johnson and Michael Shannon back in a movie together. Yeah. Their last film, Nocturnal Animals, was a lot darker. Yeah. But I love both of them, and I'm happy to see Aaron Taylor Johnson taking on more big budget films mm -hmm. and getting more recognition, even though Craven's PETA friendly now. Yeah. Besides the point. And yeah, I just thought Michael Shannon fits so well. But as you guys were saying earlier, I just wish I got a little more of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I said the same thing. I think I agree that the samurai, the sword fight was a little short, but I still think. Anytime Hiroyuki Sonata holds a sword, it's 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 it feels right. It feels right. It's, yeah, it, it feels yeah. amazing. 
And we actually we recorded our Star Wars A New Hope episode uh, last night that's posting later this month. And we were talking about how not a lot of new fans to Star Wars, they don't find those old lightsaber battles too entertaining. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with the emotionality. That's why they're so powerful. You can look at this sword fight as it's about emotionality. It's about the power. It's about the dynamic between the characters that have known each other for so long and how the White Death basically took everything from the Elder, almost killed him, took the entire crime family that he worked for and almost killed his son so it's it's a very an emotional fight sequence and the water bottle becomes the most important weapon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i love what after the train crashes and michael shannon goes up to ladybug he tries to kill him but the gun's empty he's like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> now how about uh, i'm sorry continue i was saying continue with what you were just saying after when he tries to shoot him with the blank the empty weapon and he's like and he's like, dude, just let it go. Just Stop let it go, man. calling me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's just a callback. Something that was built up from the whole movie finally hits at the end. Yeah. And the yeah. movie, again, that was just the best part about it, that nothing was left out there for wonder. Everything came to fruition. Yeah. 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 Let's head on into our intermission, gentlemen. Then we'll get back into bullet train discussion. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast, besides using our coupon codes, is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast. You get awesome perks like personalized messages and video messages from us. You get access to a weekly bonus episode that every single patron can view. $10, $25, and $100 tier patrons have access to our Discord, which we've built an incredible film community. We're on there every day interacting with you and have watch parties a couple times a month. It's a lot of fun. $25 and $100 tier patrons get their own custom episode for you. You pick the topic and we make it especially for you. $100 tier patrons are also executive producers at the end of every main episode of the show, as well as have a customized personal watch party. And after three months, you get to be on the show as a guest segment spotlight for Patreon chosen one patrons. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at MoviePosters.com, the number one place to get your posters online today. Use our special promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. MoviePosters.com has a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their arsenal. We have a bunch of these amazing posters on our set right now. High quality, the best money can pay for at an excellent price. They also have all sorts of sizes, framing, and even backlighting for your poster needs. So whatever you want, Movie Posters can take care of it. Again, head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. Speaking of bullet trains, do you want a bullet train for your grooming needs? Then get to Manscaped.com and pick up the lawnmower 4.0 groomer using our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from Manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order today. The Lawnmower 4.0 groomer is the ultimate bullet train grooming accessory for you. It has a built-in light, 7,000 RPM motor, waterproof. It has a wireless charger. You can use this thing in the shower at night. It's absolutely incredible. I also recommend the Boxer Brief 2.0 from Manscaped. They sent Anthony and I a bunch of pairs of these. They are the most comfortable briefs I've ever worn in my life. They also got a little extra space for your junk so that you're extra comfortable when you're walking around all day. Their Platinum 4.0 collection is their best deal yet. It includes the following products, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker, Air and Nose Hair Trimmer, Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo Conditioner, Deodorant, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Ball Spray Toner, Boxers, and a Shed Travel Bag. But what are you waiting for? It's time to get groomed up. It's the summertime. We're going into the fall. Get groomed for your significant other using our coupon code RAIDERSOFTHELOST at checkout from manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, world wide so we're going to begin with our movie quote competition and you guys prepared answers and questions as well right all right excellent so that i'll begin with uh the quote so this is mine well now i've always believed that if done properly armed robbery doesn't have to be a totally unpleasant experience huh that's a good one thanks would you like me to say it again Yes, please. Well, now, I've always believed that if done properly, armed robbery doesn't have to be a totally unpleasant experience. Stop, man. It's some kind of comedy. <sighs> Give up? I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm going to throw a guess out there. It's probably not correct. Hell or high water? Nah. Damn. <laughs> it's a great movie. 
It's a good oh. movie. It's a crime movie. I swear to God. It came out before you got... Before I'm going you... Reservoir Dogs. Nah. No. It's from Heat, maybe? Nah. It's from Thelma and Louise. Brad... Oh! Brad Pitt's character says it. Brad Pitt with yeah. the yeah. with He's got the cowboy he's hat great on. In that, yeah. he's, he's like 110 pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> that was his first movie. Yeah. Big, yeah, big role. Okay, here's my quote. <clears throat> So it's two characters speaking. So the first character says, I'd like to dedicate this to my grandpa who showed me these moves. And then the other character says, oh, that's so sweet. Is he here? Where is your grandpa right now? He's in the trunk of our car. Little Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, I got it. Little Miss Sunshine. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what she's uh, she's doing the pageant at the very end. Yeah. She did it, and, and Alan Alda had passed away in the film. Nailed it. Great one. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, yeah, I can go. All right, so my quote is going to be, you wanted me back, I'm back. Wanted me back, I'm back. Huh. It's not John Wick, is it? No. no. He says, I'm thinking I'm, I'm back. I'm back. But, I mean, he could say that again. <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted him back, though. That's the last thing they wanted. It was John Wick back, so it can't be John Wick. (laughs) Damn, this is a good. I'm stumped. I am stumped. I don't know. Yeah, it it was John Wick. Oh, I told you. I got. I gotta stop letting you convince me of things. Which was it? The first one? Oh yeah, it's the first one. Oh wow. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Um, it's a comedy. Sounds really familiar. It's a comedy. You want me to answer that? Oh no, I thought no. Anthony said. No, I, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a comedy. I don't think so. Oh, it's Mr. Freeze. Yes. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Yeah. Nice. I say that to Ryan daily. It's yeah. We say it to each other all the time. It's gonna be a freeze. Great. group. Awesome. I only know that because I just posted a clip about it on TikTok. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know he had that line, but like ten people commented that line in the comment thread. It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was our quote. cool. All right, now it's time for guess this movie release year, gentlemen. Mister and Mrs. Smith. Oh. Mm. All right, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say 2005. What about you guys? I was thinking 2005 too. The answer is 2005. Hey. Hey. I needed to go different. Go. I couldn't just take the yeah. same. It's like Price is Right rules. You're, you're the lone wolf, bro. You're a lone wolf. Uh. All right. Here's here's my movie release year question. Jack Nicholson's film, As Good As It Gets. I like this movie. It's a great movie. I'm going to say 2000 and... Oh, is this pre-departed or post-departed? 2004. Guys? Mm. 2002. Say 2003. 1997. Is 19- that old? Yeah, Holy crap. Hey, I was the oh closest, my... so I get a point, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're all over. No one gets a point. Price is yeah, right rules. You guys are way off. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, though. It's a great movie. Yeah. Damn, we Damn. were really off. Yeah, that's terrible. What's your film? All right, so I, I'm sticking with the Keanu Reeves. What year did The Devil's Advocate come out? 1997. All right, well, well, that was cool. Cool. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, mine. I'm staying with the Arnold. What year did the last stand come out? This was with him and oh, Johnny Knoxville. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 2010, 2011. Okay, say 2009, 2013. Oh wow, it was his first mo- post governor movie. I think. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. It's not great, but it's fun. Is that the the prison one that they're in? Or no, it's oh, like a, the... it's a small town with that is invaded by a terrorist. Oh yeah, terrorists come into yeah, the small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the big shoot. I think it was his end. first big post governor movie. Yeah, yeah. The yeah that movie though. is a blast. It's not not great, but it has some great action sequences. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. All right, now it's time for the movie pop quiz. Let's hear it. Brad Pitt has won two Oscars. What movies did he receive them for? I know them. I'm going to say, my guess is, uh, 12, let's see what they say. Okay, go, go for it, guys. 
It's is it from Minari and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? What was the first one? Minari. He did not win an Oscar for Minari, but he did win one for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I knew Once Upon a Time. I got that one. What did he get his second Oscar for? I know Anthony knows it, but let's see if you guys can get it. I really thought it was going to be a Minari for production. Damn, I didn't even know. He won. I thought it was a trick question. Yeah, I don't know. Brad Pitt produced The Departed. The Departed. But that's not Oh, what he won. I forgot he's a producer on that, right? Well, he, he won. He, he's an Oscar winner for it. He's, he's got two Oscars for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, I was going to say 12 Years a Slave and Moonlight as well. No, Plan B produced uh, The Departed. Gotcha. Yeah. He's produced, actually, I think, uh, four Oscar winners. So The Departed, Moonlight, and 12 Years a Slave. I haven't. Well, how come he's only listed as having one, two Oscars? It might be. IMDb might, might, might not be as. Plan B produced The Departed. Gotcha. He's so one he, of the main so producers. So, yeah, obviously, Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood was his first and only win for acting. Best motion picture of the year, Oscar winner for 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe he didn't have enough of a producer credit to win one for The Departed. Yeah, maybe he wasn't. Because he's he, only listed as... It's not even listed for him on that. Oh, really? Well, he, he was... He, he, he was uh, Plan B was the main producing company of The Departed in, in um, a couple other it's, it's The winner of that was for Graham King. So he might, Graham King might have been just the overall the producer. The main producer. But he, so yeah. Plan B was on it. Yeah, Plan B is production. Yeah. But he's only got two Oscars. Two Oscars. So... But Anyways. Plan B is, is an amazing production company. They've made so many great films, and he's given power to filmmakers like Barry Jenkins to and Steve McQueen to make their films, which is really terrific. All right, here's my quiz question. Who played Matt Damon's conjoined twin in Stuck on You? Oh, what's this guy's name? <laughs> and if you realize that this was my theme, this actor was the theme of my intermission this, this What week. is his name? Oh, my God. I knew it would be a good one. I knew it. I can see his face. I can think of him in so many movies. <laughs> He's just got like the, the white guy face, like the, the dad face. He does look like a dad. He does look like he's got the dad look. <laughs> uh, he's in a movie. Oh, man. I don't know his name. Guy Stumped? Yeah. yeah I, I can't no think idea. of it. Greg Kinnear. Yeah. He was, a, he was actually Oscar nominated for As Good As It Gets, and he also played the dad in Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love that movie. It's great. Oh, man, it's so funny. Are you just ready? Yeah. Uh, so my quiz question is, what is Keanu Reeves's earliest role? Earliest role? Earliest role. Movies or TV or, or both, like anyone? Anything, yeah. Oh, man. He was in... He's not a child star. Like, no, he's not. He's like a teenage heartthrob. I um, can't. I, I think it was like a surfer movie. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even have a guess. <laughs> I think um, his first show was like this, just like Canadian show, but he actually did a Coca-Cola commercial in the 80s. Oh, <laughs> wow. The very first acting gig ever. That's it's great. Just, yeah, and it's on YouTube. You can watch. He plays like a cyclist, and it's just like... <laughs> His dad is his coach, and he just comes up. He's like, "Have a coke," and it's I one love, of those. I love like advertising in the '90s was like, "Soda's healthy. Have it after you you bike yeah, eight exactly. miles." It's, it's hilarious. Have a cigarette and drink as a you soda. as you drink a soda. As you at James, as you drink a soda. This is not. This is a healthy soda. All right. There's no such thing as healthy. They soda. are not stevia. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say the brand because they do not sponsor us. But it is it is naturally it's, it's healthy soda. Healthy apparently. soda. It's made with filtered soda water. <laughs> Nothing bad in there. <laughs> I'm not saying the brand though because they don't pay us. <laughs> All right. Robert De Niro's first ever role was uh, in a Lincoln commercial where he was talking. He was like, he just bought a bought a Lincoln in 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 like Brooklyn, showing it to his parents. Did he have a dead body in the trunk? No, this uh, you know. But he, Lincoln, he had that plenty of he bodies. He was very in New York. His accent was very New York. It was funny. All right, ready for this question? Ready. ready. Okay, what Arnold movie? It's based off a Stephen King novel. Whoa, that's a good, good question. question. I don't know this. Jinx. Stephen King novel, Arnold movie. Um, I, wow. Is um, I'm just gonna straight up guess End of Days. No. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna guess. Um, well, that was a good guess because it's a horror film. Yeah. Um, the the Fifth Day. No. Eraser. <laughs> <laughs> you a bit of you a bit of race. Puerto Rico. 
No, not the Rover. Oh. No, that's <laughs> the Running dick. Man. Oh! oh, oh man, he even he even made that like around Total Recall time too. Yeah. All right, is that all the questions? Right? Yeah, I think it's everyone's trivia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah we all got it. Anthony, uh, do we have any haters this week? Any unsubscribes? We what, don't. What we, we we actually we we don't right now because we just filmed last night, so we went through them all, and we, we haven't had any. This post. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we haven't had any since uh, last night, so unfortunately we unfortunately we don't. But we do have a Godfather shout out today. Who's the Godfather shout out? Our friend Corey. Corey. We made you an offer. You, you became a godfather on this this crossover episode. You acted like a man. <laughs> Corey, we appreciate you supporting the show. Patreon really helps us do this full time. And we appreciate every one of y'all. And our bonus reviews are so much fun to do on Patreon. Corey's request is to do the Star Trek trilogy. Oh, heck yeah. So we're happy to do that for you, Corey. Thank you once again for being an amazing supporter of our show. Thanks, Corey. Now, it's time for On This Day in Film History. Today is August 11th. In 1951, the first televised baseball game in color premiered in New York City versus the Boston Braves, beating the Brooklyn Dodgers 8-1. In 1973, George Lucas's film American Graffiti releases in the United States. In 1991's Nick, Nick, 1991 Nickelodeon cartoons Rugrats and Doug both premiered on this day. That was like a big night for what sure. What a big day. My God, back to back. 2004, The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagements is released. In 2006, Step Up and Half Nelson are released. And in 2017, Good Time is released. Happy birthday to Viola Davis and Chris Hemsworth. My streaming recommendation for this episode because it's a train movie, I'm recommending Train to Busan, which is on Amazon Prime. I also have a, a train movie for my suggestion. Source Code uh, by Duncan Jones with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan. I think it's a really fantastic underrated sci-fi film. It is just really well done. It's a pitch-perfect film. I always have a great time watching it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you give it a shot. All right. sure. Yeah, I'm going to recommend The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie. If you kind of oh, like yeah. the, the vibe of Bullet Train, the kind of fast action, fast jokes, then I think you'll like The Gentleman. Good joy. Yeah. What's you? it on? It's on Netflix right now. I'm going to do a Ryan Gosling film, A Place Beyond the Pines. Yes. Uh, this is on Amazon Prime. This is one of my favorite films. It doesn't get a lot of credit, but I absolutely love this movie. I think Bradley Cooper's incredible in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get love your hands I- in the air! Put the money, Put the money in the air! <laughs> I love I love Charlie Hunnam's scene in Gentleman where he's chasing the kid with the phone and he encounters them all. And I, I don't I'm gonna say I'm gonna I don't want to say the word C word, but he's like C word. Put the phone. He just pulls out the assault rifle. And just fires. Oh my god! It is for people who live in the UK. Like no one carries guns, so for him to pull that out, it's such a great moment, and it killed me. I was I, I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I was just gonna say yes. <laughs> so great. All right, let's get back into our episode on Bullet Train. Speaking of Guy Ritchie. What I love so much about the characters, Tangerine and Lemon are the dynamic duo that I think they really make this film so much more fun than it could have been. They're essential to it. It was so reminiscent of Guy Ritchie movies. They're back and forth. It reminded me so much of like Turkish and Tommy and also Saul Vinny and Tyrone, all these characters from Snatch and their friendships and their dynamics, the humor, the back and forth, the roasting, the the shit talking. It's so much fun and we were talking earlier about how Aaron Taylor Johnson, he's just basically on the cusp of being a superstar now. He's about to be a superhero again, so he's played kick-ass. He's been Quicksilver, which I think they did him dirty by killing him right away in the first movie he was in. Shared a ton of screen time with Brad Pitt in this movie, really showcasing how talented this guy is because he's been in so many movies over the last 15 years, but to see him working with such an incredible cast and getting leading roles now, future going forward, like big productions is awesome. And then Brian Tyree Henry, he's from North Carolina, but like Anthony said, couldn't believe this guy was speaking in such a great, flawless British accent. He's done a ton of TV roles, plus Atlanta was a big break for him. Big films too, like Godzilla, Widows, Into the Spider-Verse. So these two, their dynamic was incredible. I love the Thomas the Train concepts with... Uh, lemon going back and forth and then the name jokes the whole time about being tangerine and lemon he's like oh the fruit stuff like that so their dynamic their back and forth and their relationship i think was the greatest part of the movie for me and i really hope 
they should make a movie of the Bolivian job. Just a spinoff of or, them, or, too. The Twins' origins. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry is super talented. Widow, he plays a great villain, Widows. And he has this scene with Viola Davis with the dog. You know what you know, I'm talking about. And it's just, oh, the guy can act his ass off. And I think that, like you said, I totally agree. Him and Aaron Taylor Johnson, they really were the, I think, the important element to the film that said, that really kept it enjoyable because Brad's great. But I was surprised to see how much screen time those two had. And I was pleasantly surprised. And Aaron Taylor Johnson seemed like he had, like, maybe the most dialogue possibly in the entire film. Felt like the lead. And I think I've, I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. I think that he, the thing with him is, is he was kickoffs before there was the big superhero boom. And he's still, I mean, Quicksilver, everyone liked him, but it was so short-lived. He still hasn't had that huge star-making role. Even though people like us love him, I feel like general audiences maybe aren't so aware of him. But I think he really is one of the, the most talented actors of his generation. He actually recently won a Golden Globe for Nocturnal Animals. So he has gotten uh, critical recognition a lot. But I think that... I mean, the future is so bright for him, and obviously people are talking about who the next Bond would be. I think that Aaron Taylor Johnson would be a terrific James Bond. I would love to see him play a James Bond. I just want to see him do, like, that star that star role. Like, he's done, as you were just saying, he's done all these great roles, but nothing ever superstar quality. He, yeah. I want him to have his film, like how Austin Butler just had Elvis, which just put him... He's going to be one of the biggest superstars in the world now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I want Aaron Taylor Johnson to have that same opportunity. Yeah. And he, like you were saying, a Bolivia Jobs spinoff would make bank. Yeah, 100%. I think he's had a lot of great roles. He's, I think he's got a recognizable face, but I think he just needs that one movie to really get his name out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Bullet Train had surprising emotional moments. For example, obviously, it opens up emotional with the son in the hospital and the vengeance for the father trying to seek out for the son and the the trap and, and blackmailing basically by the by the prince but also the death of what tangerine thinks is lemon dead man aaron taylor johnson sold me i like almost teared up myself like for it was like a 15 second shot almost similar to like timmy chalamet at the end of call me by your name of just his eyes watering up and swelling the loss of his brother he's dead in the flashback of then what we can assume they grew up maybe together in an orphanage or something two brothers hanging out together that has spent every waking moment together since then and they're just inseparable even though they constantly bicker and fight like an old married couple and then when we find out that lemon survived great moment but tangerine is dead and lemon finding tangerine's body so emotional as well with the sun setting through the window on them and you can really just see both of them sold the deaths of these horrible killing assassins who have murdered dozens and dozens of people and sold it to the audience and made us feel emotions during this crazy action heavy moment and i also love the flashback of the bolivia job of that oh no the 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 of counting how many murders they committed yeah. at that that, that job was a lot of fun before that day because he's got blood on his shirt it's it was so fun Again, very Guy Ritchie-esque with the editing and flashbacks. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I really like uh, Bad Bunny's background, the Wolf's entire great little like three-minute montage of his entire backstory. I thought it was fascinating. And I actually – I don't really know who Bad Bunny is. I, I've heard of him, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know his, uh, anything about him. Uh, but I, I, I now know he's like a huge superstar huge. around the world and one of the biggest uh, artists currently making music. So – uh, I thought it was he did a great job. I'm not sure if he's been in any other films before, but I really liked his his little backstory. It felt like it was like his own little mini movie inside of the film. Bad Bunny, he's actually just got cast in another villain Sony movie. Yeah, where he's gonna play El Muerto. He's a Mex <laughs> oh, he's El Muerto. Yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. who has one comic strip ever, and he's getting a whole movie. That's a comic book character. Yeah, yeah. He's in one comic. Uh -huh. One. And yeah. but I can't get a Henry Cavill Superman too, but I can get an El Muerto movie. Hey, I mean DC, we you know DC's been uh they've been messing up the last decade. I heard that he's upset about it, and they've reached out to him, and he's been uh, dismissive about it. You know what? Good for him because they friggin' fired him on his birthday. They side they, they've sidelined that character and him for ten years, and he really should have had like his own second movie a long time ago. Yeah, that they did him dirty announcing that he's not Superman on his birthday was just a wow a kick in the nuts. Couldn't believe that. It's a big F you to Henry Cavill. Yeah. For real, that that was targeted on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, whoever was in charge of DC at the time. I, I wonder why the time... Because nothing's done by accident in PR. Everything is, like, 
they know it was his birthday when they made that announcement. So I wonder why they had they did the announcement on his birthday. It's very strange. Anyways, but another great character in this film was <laughs> the prince played by Joey King. She's a really terrific actress. She's been she was a child actress. Seen her growing up, seen her she's, talent. She's is, a little Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, so working with tremendous actresses as well in this film. She has a lot of juicy dialogue in this film. Really interesting character where, you know, it's a great twist where we find out she is the White Death's daughter and she's the one trying to kill him. She's very intelligent. She thinks she's in charge of the master plan at work here, but really she isn't. She isn't. She thinks she's the master puppeteer. She's almost there. She has planted a bomb inside the briefcase and also a bomb inside the gun because every time someone tries to kill the White Death, he uses their their own weapon against them to kill them, which is for plot, you know, plot device. Plot armor. <laughs> because it, this movie is very different than the book. The book's a lot darker. There isn't this entire concept of of like the briefcase and stuff. It's more of a vengeance-fueled plot. But I, I like how they interpret it and change it differently for like a modern contemporary setting in Hollywood. We've done nothing but praise this movie, and that's what it is. The movie's done a great job. Again, it's not Goodfellas or something like that. It's just a really fun action film that everyone's mm-hmm. going to have a good time with. Yeah. And Joey King, I it's going to sound so girly. I love the Kissing Booth movies. <laughs> <laughs> and she's great in those. But... This was cool to see her do something a little more serious. Even though this is a comedic movie, it's still a lot more of a higher stakes film than what she's been doing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I she, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the payoff of the gun when uh, Shannon blows his own face off. It was great. <laughs> and then Brad Pitt's like, what the hell? <laughs> she actually has back-to-back movies where she's the prince, her character in this film, and she was just the princess. called The Princess, yeah. which was, I think, was that a Hulu movie? Netflix. Netflix movie where she's a prince who is just a total badass killing people escaping her own castle um, but she has I think the most satisfying death in bullet train oh my god we yes. have another flashback you think the movie's over but then we want to find out what happened to Lemon and he's the one I you called it when he ran her over and the tangerines come spilling out in front of the street everywhere you're like oh I know Lemon was driving that truck and he ended up hijacking that truck and running her over because he knows that she was the de- cause of the death of tangerine it was great because after he fell into the water I was like oh man that's the last we're seeing of him and then after the first credits roll we go to the post credit scene and then he's just he steals the car. Well, I'm going there in the water. He's like, shit, shit, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he kills the guy. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of No Country for Old Men when the dog's chasing Brolin in the water. It kind of reminded me of that. Um, and then when he just takes her out, I was I was dying. It might have that might have been my favorite part of the whole movie was when Tangerine took her out. It was great. <laughs> so funny. And his dialogue while he's driving is very funny. Like once yeah. he gets her, he's like, "Take a bow, take a bow." <laughs> And you can actually I didn't realize that the I didn't realize the first time I saw it. You can hear him say it as he hits her. Oh yeah. Well in the in the first moment. You can hear uh, him say, take a bow as she drives by. (laughs) Pretty cool little detail that they added there. But yeah, I it it is probably the most satisfying kill. Yeah. Because she's just evil. I I hated her more than the white death. Death. I mean, if you're that kid's you're that if you're that guy's kid, you're gonna be messed up. Yeah, because she goes by the prince. She, her son, her father wanted another son besides the mess, the delinquent son that he has, and she never fulfilled his expectations. And she wants vengeance for the way she, he's been treating her her entire life. So you understand, you empathize with her, but also she's very evil, conniving, very intelligent. But like again, she thought she was the master puppeteer, but wasn't quite there. But she's a great character because she understands that just the way she looks and the way she dresses in particular makes people think that she's just a child, just a kid, can't do anything wrong. And so she's it often she's very intelligent in how she presents herself as being an innocent. Uh, it, it reminded me of um, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman when during that meeting when the police raid shows up. And she has the politician um, being held captive. But when police show up, even though she's carrying out the deal, she starts screaming as though she's like an innocent bystander. And they just walk past her like she's nothing. It has a similar idea to that. I think it's really well done. In full circle with the Thomas the Train stickers that Lemon is always carrying around. He put the the diesel diesel. sticker on Joey King on the prince's character because we've been waiting. He's like, there's a diesel around here somewhere, Mike. We're going to find it. Like, you're not a diesel, but if I know a diesel, that's a diesel. He puts the sticker on the prince, which Tangerine sees and realizes that, oh, you're the diesel. You're the biggest... You're the biggest piece of shit on this train. Yeah, I think he says that. <laughs> You're the yeah. top villain. Unfortunately, like Anthony said, she plays the innocent thing as soon as Ladybug comes in. Then, unfortunately, Tangerine gets pilled, killed. Shot right in the throat. By, yeah. In the Tangerine scuffle. 
with Ladybug, which I was so sad to see Tangerine die. I know, me too. Because I really want to see them both survive, but you can't have both, I guess, survive in this kind of situation. But I love the Diesel sticker coming full circle with Thomas the Train. Then he gives Thomas sticker to Tangerine. So that so was sweet. a really emotional moment as well. You go to Thomas. That scene got me. That My eyes started yeah. watering both times. Even when I knew it was coming, I still was like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> Gotta do my boy dirty. I Again, it's just... <laughs> In such a funny movie, they still, as you said earlier, they bring out emotion, these two extremely sad scenes, and Lemon ends up making it, and that scene's still sad, especially when he gives him the Thomas sticker and holds his hand to close it. Yeah. Just two very good scenes, very emotional scenes in a very funny film. And for Brad Pitt, I feel like he's, in the last several few years, he seems like he's become, he's gotten into a really good place in his life. I just like to think that he seems like he's in a good place. And I feel like he just put that into this character, Ladybug, which I, it felt like it was just very Brad Pitt, personality-wise, was injected into this character, which I really liked. And we actually, like I said, we saw this and there was a Q&A with the filmmaker and uh, the producer. And they said that, obviously, David Leach, he was uh, Brad Pitt's stunt double for many films. But when he started making directing films, it's like he couldn't just cast Brad Pitt because they had a previous working relationship. Brad Pitt obviously is pretty selective about what he can, what he does, what projects he chooses to take to take on. And it, they said there was this great chance encounter where, on the previous film that David Leach had made, Brad Pitt's makeup artist, like his long-standing makeup artist for like thirty years, worked on Leach's film, and Brad Pitt kind of like because. Brad Pitt had been talking to Leach about doing this film, and he wasn't really sure. Yeah, they're friends. Yeah, they work together, but not as director, actor. It's a very different thing. And so he, kind of, Brad Pitt had his makeup artist kind of observe the set and see how Leach operated as a director and see if, like, he made a, a great environment to work in. He actually knew how to handle film production on a massive scale. And so the makeup artist went back to Brad Pitt, was like, yeah, he's got it, he can do it. And that was what gave Brad Pitt the confidence to sign on with this project and work with his previous collaborator, not as a person working below him as a stunt actor, but being the boss of a production. And that was Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, movie, Hobbs and Shaw, the movie yeah. that Leach directed. And, and uh, he's obviously directed Deadpool 2, David Leach, Leach and Brad Pitt, long relationship, like you said. So he was the stunt double for Brad Pitt on Fight Club, Ocean's Eleven, Troy, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and... Brad Pitt has a cameo in Deadpool 2. We all know that as well. His producing partner is his wife, Kelly McCormick, and their studio is called 87, 87 North Productions. They make a bunch of cool, fun movies like this. They have a, a a Christmas action movie coming out with David Harbour starring as Santa Claus. It's called, what is it called? It's called Violent, Violent Night. Night. So yeah. really cool production house. They're really big in the stunt world too. They have their own stunt training facility for stunt actors. It's and become actors like and the actresses. Hollywood stunt training place. It's, in, uh, it's yeah. in Los Feliz, I think they said, which is really cool. Or East They Hall said East LA. East LA somewhere, somewhere around there. there. So it was really cool when we saw this movie. They had the Q&A to, to hear their answers to all the questions that was run by Collider and they seem like they're just in a really great place in their in their work life, working on really cool movies. And David Leach is, I think, starting to become a great action director, getting his his name recognized out there. Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, Bullet Train, working with big actors. Dwayne Johnson, whose schedule is booked for like two and a half years, so who knows if we'll ever get a Hobbs and Shaw 2. But, I mean, the Deadpool 2 is a beloved film, and this, I think, was just so fun, showcases how great Leech is at making action in a contemporary setting, especially. It's tough to do in these confined spaces, even though 98% of this film is shot on a soundstage. Still, you're working in small sets, especially when they have a wide shot where you can see all the walls on either side. It's, it's not easy to do these fight choreographies in these limited spaces you have, and they really did a terrific job showing us something new in an action movie and a train movie that I just really enjoyed, and this was just so much fun. Well said. I, I really like this movie. I think uh, the critics might have been a little too harsh to it. It seems like audiences are reacting a lot better to it. But, you know, I just was sitting in the theater and I was laughing out loud. I was enjoying the action and I was enjoying the surprises and performances. So, I mean, all you all you can ask for sometimes is just good old fashioned entertainment. And I really think that that's what this film is. Any closing remarks for the episode, gentlemen? So I just want to completely say the same thing. It. People need to stop every, not every movie is going to be this hardcore drama that needs to be an Oscar nominated yeah. movie. Sometimes you just need that feel good, fun action movie. Let your brain just take a little bit of a break. Just go and have fun, have some popcorn, a slushy or something <laughs> and just enjoy yourself for two hours. Cause that, that's what this movie was. And then yeah. it's just a blast. And Brad Pitt's one of my favorite actors ever. Yeah. And he just proves to still be that leading man. Yeah. It's just a fun time. It's like a, 
It's like going into an, an amusement park, you know? It's not going to be nice, yeah. but just going on a few roller coasters. It's fun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining the episode. Guys, this is the Popcorn Podcast. We did a crossover event today with their show, so go listen to our episode on their streaming platforms and the Popcorn Podcast. Thanks for coming on the episode. Bullet Train was a ton of fun. Thanks for listening around the world. Become a patron today of Raiders of the Lost Podcast at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye, y'all. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast has been executive produced through Patreon by our amazing Chosen One patrons, Calvin Cam, Lauren Smertz, Cody Moen, John Agras, Tyler McFly, and Becca Keen. Thank you so much for contributing to our show. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.